This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others, and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Hey friends, and welcome to the Worth Your Time podcast. I'm your host, Erica Anderson. I'm a Christian freelance writer, mom of two littles, and I'm passionate about helping you live out your best and deepest faith in everyday life. On this podcast, you'll hear from inspiring women, moms, and ministry leaders, authors, and more. Those on mission for God with a message to inspire you in your Christian walk, wherever that may be. Each month, I send out interviews, tips, book reviews, and exclusive giveaways to my email list. If you'd like to receive these things, just head to my website, ericaanderson.com, and sign up. My new book, Reason to Return, Why Women Need the Church and the Church Needs Women, comes out this January, and I want you to be the first to know all the details. Enjoy the show. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Worth Your Time podcast. I'm your host, Erica, and I am excited to speak today with Tiana Showy. Thank you so much for joining me, Tiana. Hey, Erica. Thank you so much for having me. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be here with you. Yes. Well, okay. So I'm just going to start off by saying I, we found each other on TikTok. Um, you know, I, I'm used to saying like, oh, I, I first discovered you on Instagram, but I have not, not like left Instagram, but I've just gotten immersed in the world of TikTok lately. And honestly, I don't know what I was waiting for. It took me a really long time to get there. You know, um, I, I remember I heard of TikTok, like what, three years ago or four years ago even. And I remember saying to someone, do I have to get a TikTok account? I really don't want to. (laughs) Like, you know, I do social media for part of my living. And so I was like, I'm going to have to, if it's like a thing. And then I thought it was going away. And now I see that it's not going away and that it's like actually getting bigger. So I took the plunge and it looks like you did that quite a while ago. So, um, so I'm glad I found you. You're the one, one of the first people that I sort of found there on like hashtag Christian TikTok. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and, and your background and where do you live as well? Yeah. So I live in South Carolina. I live in the country in South Carolina. I I consider that one of the it's one of those ways where I wake up every morning and I'm like, this is how I know God loves me as I, as I wake up to beautiful sunrises and just the ability to sit and hear nothing but birds and spend time reading my Bible. It's, it's one of these little havens. And I'm like, you know, my God, you're so good. And this is how I know you're so good. Even if it's just for a few years, you have me here, whatever length of time, I'm going to be appreciative and grateful for the fact that you let me sit back here and, and just enjoy sunrises. And it's one of those things, Erica, and I will answer the rest of your questions. I promise I'm not going to get like all <laughs> philosophical over here on this. <laughs> Go I, for I it. watch, I, you know, I watch the sunrises in the morning and the hummingbirds feed on the feeders. And I see the, the cardinals eat from the bird feeder. And I think to myself, how can anybody look at this and think there's not a creator? I just, mm-hmm. I, I just can't even wrap my brain around that. It's, it's so hard for me to understand because God's creation is incredible. Right? So my background, I'm just a girl from South Carolina that <laughs> loves Jesus. <laughs> I love I wish, it. I wish I could tell you, like, I, you know, it, it's really that simple. And, and I've been on TikTok actually for about a year now. And I got on TikTok only because I really sensed the Lord. Well, actually, it's, there's kind of a story. So I'll tell you a little story. This is kind of one of those God stories. Mm-hmm. My, my testimony is, is 
I grew up in a Christian home. My parents got saved in the Jesus movement. They were those hippies that got saved. And as a matter of fact, they're making a movie about it right now. The, yeah, yeah. It's the one that, that, um, Greg Laurie is in a part of it's the whole Calvary Chapel movement, the Jesus movement that happened out in the West coast in the 60s and seventies. Yeah. My parents got saved in that. And they were young baby Christians, just neither of them grew up with godly parents at all. So they had to kind of navigate this world of faith on their own and in this blooming Jesus movement that's happening in Southern California. And so, you know, our, our start as, as Christians was very rough, you know, trying to figure out like, you know, my parents are first generation Christians. How do we raise Christians in this world? And I went through a period of time where I really walked away from the Lord. I, I, I um, became the prodigal son in all intents and purposes for in all <laughs> meanings of the word. It was not a glorious time of my life. <laughs> and yeah. then when I found myself saying the pigs are eating better than I am, <laughs> I decided to go home to dad. <laughs> yeah, And he really just did this miraculous work in my life several years ago. And I remember him just kind of saying to me, you know, Tiana, it's time for you to tell, tell your story because my story is, you know, I, I I'm divorced. I I'm, I'm divorced from being in bad in abusive relationships, abusive marriages, two of them. And that's not something I'm proud of. It's something that's hard to talk about. But I also was sexually abused as a child. And the reason that I'm very open about this is because there's a, a push to normalize pedophilia in our country right now. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that these that these predators want to say is that there's no harm done to the children. And I'm very, very outspoken about the fact that it is very harmful. And, and I feel like one of the things that the Lord really wants me to use to do is to use my voice to say it's very harmful to children. And this is why we we have got to, as, as Christians, just, you know, be completely intolerant of this normalization of sexualizing children that's occurring in our culture. But, you know, after, after I came back, the Lord just started speaking to me and, and I was just kind of in this, how do I tell my story? Nobody in the church wants to hear this dirty story. And the Lord just like, have you read my gospels? You know, the, the woman who, who washed my feet with, you know, with myrrh and, and, and her tears, because, who much is forgiven loves much. Right. And so this is the story of our faith, which is God goes to the people who are rejected, the outcasts, the ones that nobody wants. And those are the ones he opens his salvation to. And so Tiana, you got to tell your dirty story. So that way everybody knows there's nobody beyond my reach. Right. (laughs) And so I was standing at the airport in Dallas on my way to do a business trip, waiting for the shuttle to come around for the car rental. And I ended up striking up a conversation with a gentleman next to me. And we had like 30 minutes. This is the longest line ever for the shuttle. This is like right as the pandemic's hitting. And so nothing's running. And we're all like, do we wear masks? Do we not wear masks? What do we do? And we started talking. And his son is a TikTok superstar. One of the first few ones that got, has like six, seven million followers. And he, mm. we started talking. He says, you need to get on TikTok. And I'm like, what even is TikTok? <laughs> like, so like I literally go back. I download the app and I'm like, TikTok. And that was my first TikTok. I literally said TikTok hit record. And I was like, okay, ah. I think I figured out how to upload a video. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, I did some research and it's like, it's a Chinese spy app and there's all these yeah. things you got to be careful of. So I was like, get it off my phone. And I deleted it. And then about a year later, I was sitting in my kitchen praying and I just felt the Lord say, I want you to, to, to go on TikTok and be a light on that platform and, and, and see it as a mission field. And, and I was like, but God, it's a Chinese spy app. and he said to me my daughter is there anything that you have that isn't mine so if they steal your bank account it's my bank account they're stealing and I was like why do you always have to have such good points (laughs) so you know it's one of those things I, I love these stories in the bible and Erica I know you know these stories too where where God says Moses hey I want you to go to Pharaoh but God I'm not very good at speaking Moses 
I want you to go to Pharaoh. I know what I'm asking. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You know, Jeremiah, I want you to go preach, but they they threw me in a well last time we did this, you know, (laughs) Daniel, I want you to keep praying to me, but there's a lion's den on the other end, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego don't bend your knee, but there's a fiery furnace, right? So, you know, we're always good at the, but gods, and I'm trying to learn how not to, but God anymore. (laughs) Just like, Yes, Lord. Okay. I, you know, it doesn't make sense, but that's good because that's, that's, that's where God shows up. And, and that's who he is, is in the not make sense. Right. Mm-hmm. It didn't make sense when Jesus is hanging on a cross, but it did. It, it, it held the key to our salvation. Right. So I said, all right, Lord, I'm going to get on TikTok and start making these videos. And I had no idea what I was doing. I'm still, if you look at my videos, they're not high tech. I mean, I, I mean, you're not yeah. going to get like music or effects because I don't even know how to do that stuff. <laughs> Well, that's the interesting thing is that everyone thinks it's all about the dancing and it doesn't have, I mean, for some people maybe, but for a lot of people, it's not, it has nothing to do with that. So I don't think people, I don't think people realize that there's a whole like just environment and community out there that is, is, is very substantive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. And, and while I, I do my best to kind of not spend a lot of time on social media in general, just because I think it's unhealthy for a myriad of reasons, especially the way that culture is going for us to spend too much time on these platforms. In fact, I say this all the time on my podcast and on my TikToks. I consider myself a successful TikToker. I've gotten you off the platform and in God's word. <laughs> mm, yeah, there you go. There you go. You know, like if I've encouraged you to put your phone down and open your Bible, then I've been successful as a TikToker, which is yeah. so counterintuitive to how we're taught to grow your audience, engage, you know, increase your engagements. You'll never hear me say, follow me on my TikTok channel because I don't yeah. want you to follow me. I want you to follow Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no, I better stop saying it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Right, right. Well, you know, it's like, it's like um, the reason I ended up starting up, which honestly was only like two months ago, um, was like through this like class that I took, like through a group that I'm in. And I'm like, what are all these best practices, you know? And they're like, always have a call to action, but no, I totally get what you're saying. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that to be critic critical, yeah, at all, yeah. but, but my point is this, you know, when you're putting Christian content out there, our, our, our goal should always be to point people to Jesus, right? Take people to Jesus, point people to Jesus. And that's a dichotomy that we have as Christians in, in, in this world where there's social media, because the world says, follow me. I want to become great. And what does John the baptizer say? May I decrease so that he can increase. And so we've got this weird balance that we've got to keep. And thankfully my, my dad, uh, oh, wait, are you there? Sorry. I'm there. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. My screen blinked for just oh, a second. Okay. But thankfully my dad, you know, was a pastor for many years and there's nobody that's going to hold you accountable. Like your dad <laughs> who's a pastor. Yes. And, and one of the things he did early on, when I started seeing the Lord call me to have a more public facing, you know, ministry and to use my voice in, in a, in a, in a larger audience, you know, outside of the four walls of the church is he had me read this book called sensing Jesus by Jack, by Zach Eswine. Hmm. And it's a beautiful book. It's about what it really means to be in ministry. And the very last chapter of the book, he addresses this whole idea of celebrity Christianity. And, and, you know, so how to, you know, how, how to make sure that you don't, you're not aiming for the wrong things in ministry. And it's so easy to do in a world where celebrity Christianity is glorified. Yeah. I just, I have to show you this book. Hold on a second. Let me get it for you. Cause it's just kind of random that I just read it. Can you read the title? Yeah. It's called Celebrities for Jesus, How Personas, Platforms, and Profits Are Hurting the Church. And this is an early copy. It's not even for sale yet, but um, 
somebody I know, Caitlin Beatty wrote this and has some good, good stuff along those lines in the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to balance in today's world as Christians, because we're, we're really living in a world where the, the value system that we uphold as Christians is not the value system of the culture we live in. And having clarity about the difference between our value system and theirs is really important. And especially on TikTok. And I'll, and I'll tell you, Erica, it's funny that, that this is the topic of our conversation because yesterday I woke up to open my TikTok account to see that a video I had posted had been taken down for harassment and bullying. <laughs> and the irony is that when the video that I post is somebody criticized that it's an atheist criticizing a Christian perspective that I have, which is that Jesus is God. <laughs> and and I just say in the video very kindly, and I genuinely meant it. Hey, thank you so much for you know being being bold with me, and and I have no problem with people disagreeing with me. But let's just be honest about the fact that as an atheist, you you have some sense of faith because you're putting your faith in the gaps that science can't explain, and you're putting your faith in these theories, these man made theories to help explain the origins of the universe. How how something came from nothing. Right. But over here's a Christian, I'm putting my faith in God. And so let's just talk about that. And, and I, and I go on to say in this short little three minute video, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not, this isn't fire and brimstone. This is me saying that Jesus changed my life. And if you would give him an opportunity, he'll change yours too. That got, that got reported for harassment and bullying on TikTok. And of course I appeal. And they just pull it down just from what pull it down. Yeah. Once somebody reports you, they pull it down and I appealed and, and I put my video right back up. I just, uploaded the same video. And I was like, you're not going to stop me. <laughs> yeah. That's, no, that's ridiculous. Cause I was yeah. like, I was like, I'm pretty sure I've watched a lot of your videos and you're definitely never hateful. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, it's, yeah. How can we say we represent Jesus and, and be anything other than humble? Right. I mean, that's who he was. There's only, we only have a few examples where he was like, all right, kids, you, you guys want to play ball, then let's play ball. <laughs> yeah. And so- he sticks it to the Pharisees a few times and the scribes and he does, you know, when he goes into overturns the tables, but the rest of the time, Jesus always had a humility to him. And so as representatives of him, you know, we should too. And it's really hard sometimes though, because I'm not Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I discovered. So, um, when I got on and I just basically, you know, was trying to follow this strategy or whatever, um, of, you know, posting a lot of videos and all of these things. And so I was just not overthinking it. I was just sort of like, I'm just going to post stuff, whatever comes to mind. So I posted this one video, um, the first video I had that kind of blew up and I was like really taken aback by all the negative comments. Like I was like, Oh my God. Cause I'm not, even though I know, obviously there's a lot of people that aren't Christians, I'm not used to people being so hostile to God in general, like just God. And then church, I talk the church is really one of my big focuses. And it was like comment after comment that was like hateful and like anti-God and anti-church and like people accusing me of lying and all. And I was like, what is happening? I felt so attacked. I was like, yeah. TikTok is such a dark place. Um, and then I was like, oh, I got to turn the comments off because I was getting stressed out every time I opened it. And so I turned them off for the night and that sort of died down. It died down. And, and then I was like, okay, so next time I'll be more mentally prepared. For yeah. what I'm going to face with this. Um, Cause it must've gotten in some kind of ex evangelical hashtag or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you find a lot of negativity or what's the balance between positive and negative for you? Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I had, I recently had a situation where there's, there's a, a, a Bible scholar who is a Mormon 
And it, it appears that he's also a homosexual. And I'm not saying this to, you know, to be judgmental. I'm just kind of layering here for you what we're dealing with. Yeah. And he was taking clips of my videos and he, he was correcting me and putting me down and making videos about me. And I've had a few people do this where they take my stuff and they call it a debate. The problem is, is that TikTok is not a debate platform and people who don't understand that they think, well, why won't you debate him? And I'm like, no, a debate is an open dialogue. It's a discussion where each party, there's an agreed upon topic each and there's rules and each party has an agreed amount of period of time. If you're taking clips of what I'm saying, and then you're, 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 you're accusing me of something that's manipulation. That's not debate. And there's a big difference. And so, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, the hate is real on there. And so here's the other thing, Erica, and this is just, you know, something that I've had to figure out. There's a lot of Mormons, there's a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses, and there's a lot of Muslims on that platform. Mm. Why do I bring those three up? Because all three of them deny the deity of Jesus. And so what you will find is a lot of people who call themselves Christians or call themselves people of faith that will begin to attack you. And I've had to learn to weed through and say, oh, okay, I can now spot a Jehovah's witness. I can now spot a Mormon. And because what happens is a lot of people go, Christians are so mean and they're talking down to me. And, and it's very offensive to the Mormons and Jehovah's witnesses when you say they're not Christians, but there's such a clear divide in the way that they talk and in the way that they respond to comments. And it can be really overwhelming as a first time TikToker, a Christian influencer, when they start getting in and accusing you of things. Like I'll give you an example of something that blew up last week on me. I, I wear the star of David a lot because I'm very pro-Israel. I, I love the nation of Israel. Our, our Messiah was Israeli and the star of David is the, you know, the symbol that is you, that Israel uses to represent who they are. It's on their flag. It's, and that's very much my heart and my intent behind it. Well, the Jehovah's witness church teaches that it's, it's a demonic star and that's the satanic star. And I literally probably had somewhere between 50 to hundred comments of people telling me, you know, you're wearing a demonic star. Um, I'm going to stop following anybody who wears that star. And it took me a minute to go, Oh, this is the Jehovah's witness reaction. Because if you're familiar with Jehovah's witnesses at all, they, they basically, teach their, their, the, you know, teach that ev- the Satan's in everything. That's why they don't celebrate birthdays. That's why they don't celebrate mm-hmm. holidays. Everything's demonic. Everything's got Satan behind it. The irony is, um, if we are, if we're going to, you know, use some biblical doctrine here, second Corinthians chapter 11, if anybody teaches you any gospel other than the one I'm presenting to you, it's, it's Satan masquerading as an angel of light. And so the irony is, is that they follow an angel of light <laughs> that's masquerading as an angel yes. of light. Yeah. That's, right? like, that's so interesting that you can now distinguished. Maybe now if I looked back, I would start to notice things like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it takes a little while because then you're like, wow, Christians are attacking me. And you have to realize, no. And, and this is so important just in general, Erica, especially as we, as we, as, as the world becomes more hostile towards God's and his values and the, the voice of, of the darkness just gets louder and louder. And I, and I talked about this in my podcast yesterday, because there's two passages, one from second Kings and one from, Exodus chapter five, where you have this enemy of the people of God. And and in the case of second Kings, it's the King of Assyria standing outside the wall saying, you know, don't believe Hezekiah when he tells you that God's going to deliver you. If you want to be delivered, come out here and I'll lead you into goodness. But if you stay in those walls behind Jerusalem, I'm going to come devour you. Look at how many nations I've taken down. And and he was right. You know, the Assyrians were, were a ferocious army to, to face. And so you have this, you know, these people walled up in Jerusalem and they're hearing these boastful words of the Assyrians and Hezekiah. Kaya gets down and he says, Lord, what should I do? And God's like, don't worry. Don't worry, Kaya. I got this. I got this. And sure enough, he does. Right. And just like Pharaoh, no more straw for your bricks. You guys don't need to be listening to this. Get back to work. 
don't worry, I got this, right? And so as Christians, we need to learn to distinguish between the voice of the Lord and the voice of the enemy because it can be really easy when you have the king of Assyria standing outside your walls or when you have Pharaoh saying, you need to stop listening to this Moses and Aaron guy, get back to work, let's take your straw. It can be really easy to say, oh no, oh no. But then you have to remember, no, 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 no. That's not how God talks to his people. That's mm-hmm. not how he operates. He's not yeah, going to yeah. send some internet warrior behind a keyboard to tell you that, where did you go to Bible college? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, that's why it's so important to, to get to know the voice of God by reading scriptures and prayer and all the different things you can do to begin to recognize it and hear it more clearly so that you can discern when the time comes, what it is and what it's not, and be able to, um, you know, say, I'm not sure, but you know, is this scriptural? Okay. Then it's not, then it's not God. There, there are like checks and balances here sometimes that you can put into place if you know what they are. And I think, you know, you talk about that sometimes. Um, so I, I, one of your videos I wanted to bring up. So you were talking the other day, someone asked you, are you a pastor? Did you go to seminary or something like that? And you were like, you know, no, I'm just a girl who like read, loves the Bible. And then you said something like, um, why, why is that weird? (laughs) You know, like why aren't more Christians, uh, you know, in love with their Bibles and talking about it? Like, you don't have to go to seminary. It's a free, I'm not a free book, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's there. You can read it. Anybody can get one and especially in America. So, um, talk a little bit about that concept. Yeah. No, thank you for bringing that up. So every time somebody asks me where I went to Bible college, I say the same place that Peter and John went to this unschooled and ordinary. (laughs) That's the description of them in the book of Acts. You know, that the Sanhedrin are watching like this and they're like, but these are unschooled and ordinary. That's the school I went to the unschooled. and ordinary. Yeah. And and you don't need, and sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Go. Gave me a thought because I often feel, um, under what's the word, just like, I'm not smart enough or I'm not educated enough to be talking about some of this stuff. Sometimes I'm like, well, I didn't go to seminary and I don't have a master's in divinity and all of these things, but I'm like, but yeah, but like neither did the disciples. And, you know, the minute they became saved or others in the Bible became saved is the minute they started preaching the gospel and being a part of the church. And so anyway, that's just, yeah, (laughs) no. And I'm glad you said this because this is so important. And this is just such my heart because here's the thing, Erica, not by strength, nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 11, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open for you. And he goes on to say, you know, which of you would give your child something bad if they asked for something good? How much more so will I give you the Holy Spirit? You know, all of us have the same access to the Holy Spirit and the same access to God's word. And we should stop normalizing this, this huge disparity between lay person and pastor. And we should start normalizing biblical Christianity, which is just a, a thirst and a hunger for God's word. I mean, what you read the Psalms of Asaph and David, right? And they're like, I just hunger and I thirst for you. And I meditate on your word day and night. And Jesus said, you know, quoting Deuteronomy, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I'm, it's funny because I, I do some coaching on the side and coaching is life-changing. And I had a young man reach out to me and he's a father of six kids and he's in the business world. And we do the same type of work in the secular world. So he said, Hey, since you know how to do this, 
and, and you're a Christian, could we talk a little bit about what it means to do this work and, and, do, and also be an outspoken Christian in the business world? Because I'm very outspoken on LinkedIn in platforms where it's taboo to be a Christian. I'm very outspoken about my faith in the business world. I'll sit down and share the gospel. I've done that at business dinners. I will share the gospel to business dinner in a heartbeat because Jesus belongs in the work world. And so he said, well, teach me how to do this. And so as we started meeting together, I said, do you do you pray every day and read your Bible every day in front of your kids so they can see that this is what biblical Christianity looks like? And he was like, no, I don't. But my dad used to do that. And I was like, then, then be the leader of your home and do this, do for, do for your children, what your dad did for you. And he reported back a few weeks later. And he said, he said, Tiana, he said, first of all, I just want to say, I came to you and asked you for help because I, I thought, oh, she's a professional and understands the work I'm doing. And it's a bonus. She's a Christian. He said, I realized I had that backwards. He said, I realized that I, I thought about my faith as a compartmentalized part of who I am rather than the thing from which everything in my life should flow. And he goes, I've been getting up, reading my Bible every day and praying and my kids are seeing it and it's transforming my life. And I'm like, congratulations on normalizing biblical Christianity. Mm-hmm. And this is what we need to do. We need to normalize biblical Christianity. Kids should know more about the stories in the Bible than they do characters on a TV program or a movie, right? Right. Yeah. And and we've normalized, like, my kid can name all the Disney princesses, but names to me the five women in the genealogy of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. I'm like, uh, well, my, my husband is also Christian, so he cares about this, but he's always very, like, all about, like, spelling and numbers. And I'm like, I care about that. And they're going to learn that stuff, but I'm more like concerned with them understanding Christianity and theology and the Bible. And so that's what I'm focusing on in the time that we have at dinner. Like I'm doing flashcards of theology flashcards and reading our devotionals together and all of that, because I'm like, that matters more than anything else. And so, yeah, I totally am uh, same mindset on that stuff. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, we live in a world where we have so many tools available to us to learn God's word. You can go online. I I created an entire page on my website under the resources tab, free commentaries, free Bible translations, free Bible teachings. You, you can get verse by verse, chapter by chapter Bible teaching there. we, We have such a plethora of information available to us to educate ourselves about God's word, to get in, pray, ask the Holy spirit to start speaking. There's a really important scripture that a lot of people miss. And it's a proverb and it goes like this. It is the glory of the Lord to conceal a matter. And it is, it is the glory of Kings to, to discover it. And so what is, what is the, what is the root of this? What, what God is saying is come seek, come find there's, there's, there's a special blessing that occurs when, when we decide that we're going to go mine God's word, when we're going to take it seriously and just go get into it. And I think you're right. A lot of people say, well, I'm intimidated because I don't think I'm smart enough or the Bible can be really hard to read or, you know, I, I'm, that's just for my pastor. And it's like, no, God will, God will open, give me eyes to see and ears to hear. He says this all the time. He who has ears, let them hear. He doesn't say that because some of you are lucky enough. He says it to say, open your ears, <laughs> just open your ears. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, you talked about your prodigal son story. Was it after that, or was there a moment that you started to recognize this for yourself and kind of go talk about that process a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So I always knew I grew up, my dad was, my dad is, is an incredible man of God. He, he prays and reads his Bible every day. Like my dad never missed that. And we always knew dad's having his quiet time, you know, and, and there were times when the Lord would speak to my dad and he'd come down and go, Tiana, and I'd be like, oh boy, 
Ward, why are you tattling on me? <laughs> because he did. I mean, I could tell you stories that were just amazing. Just the things that my dad knew that there's only one way he knew. <laughs> right. And yeah. And so I knew that, but it wasn't really something that was a part of my life before I fell away. And I think that's really what happened, Erica, is that I had to go through the fire. I had to, what, what Jesus says to the church in Laodicea in Revelation chapter three, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. And what is it, the heart of that passage? What Jesus is saying is that you need to allow me to clean the impurities out of your life. You need to let me stand in the place where I discipline you and where I come in and I look through those corners of your mind and your heart that you don't want to let me in. So that way I can bring out out of you, the goodness that I want to pour into you. And so that's, there's just that painful process. And this is what Hebrews chapter 12 talks about, you know, it's just that discipline that we have to go through. So that way we can be made in like Christ-like so that the Lord can bring that Christ-like now Christ-likeness out in us. So that wasn't something I did. I wasn't good about reading my Bible. And if I did, it was like, okay, I'm going to read my Psalm and check it off my list and move on. That day that I bowed my knee and it was just a very distinct day when, when the Holy spirit just spoke to me and said, all right, kid, are you done? because I'm ready to bring you home. And I got on my knees and I said, I'm yours, Lord. And I meant it in a way that I had never meant it before. This wasn't about religion. This wasn't about making a certain, looking a certain way for people. This, this was about me and God. And this was about the fact that I finally realized that I didn't want anything other than him and that I tried everything else and I knew where it led. And, and it was finally time for me to get real with God. And there was just this, there was just that moment, just like the prodigal son where he meets you and he just embraces you. And and it's like, finally I'm home. Now let's get to work. Now the hard work begins. Right. But I knew from that moment on that in order for this, in order for me to be faithful and committed to that commitment I made to the Lord that day, when I said, I'm really going to be yours from this moment on that it began with checking in with the commander in chief every day and spending time with him and meeting it from here. And it not being something that I'm just doing to check off my list, but meeting with my father and saying, all right, Lord, I gave myself to you, which means that I get my directions from you, which means I need to be filled by you. And from that day on, Erica, God has been so, so good in, in, in helping me stay faithful to, I wake up and I spend time with the Lord and I get into his word. And it's amazing because the vast majority of what I have what I have learned has come from that little bit of time I spend with the father every morning. It, what, what God will do when you give him, <laughs> when you give him something, he will truly produce a crop in your life. Abide in me. And I, in you, I am the vine. You are the branches apart from me. You can bear nothing. But when you plug into that vine, when you lose sight of where he begins and you end, there's, there's, it's incredible what God will do with yeah, that would, little bit of willingness. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Oh, I was um, just going to say, yeah. I love the, uh, there's a, like a phrase, I'm sure you've probably heard it before. That's like, uh, God can do more with 10% than you can do with 90%. Yeah. And I, I always think of that because it's true. It's totally true. Yeah. Um, and, and I love that. Now I would be curious to know, um, you know, when you say, yes, you read the Bible every day and spend time with God, did you have a, a plan of some kind or do you currently like, do you do you read certain books? Do you flip it open? What is your strategy there? Yeah, that's a great question. So what I do is I read a Psalm a day and I, I, what I, what I do is I actually time it with the number of the Psalm to end with the day of the week. So today, this morning I read Psalm 79 because it's the 19th. 
Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow I'll read Psalm 80 because it's the 20th. And so I time it that way and I read a Psalm a day. And that's just where I start. There's just a prayer and a meditation of the Psalms. And Psalms are just so incredibly powerful that if you if you just start that time with the Lord in that place. And then I go over to the Gospels and I'm continually reading through the Gospels. So I, you know, I started Matthew and then once I go through Matthew, I go to Mark, Luke, John, and then I just keep reading. So I read a little bit from the Gospels. And then I read from the book of Revelation, this is just kind of a nuanced thing with me where the Lord has just had me continue to read the book of Revelation over and over again. I've read the book of Revelation nonstop for the past year, and I don't know why. I don't know why, but every time I'm like, all right, Lord, so can we go to Romans? He's like, back to Revelation. And I'm like, but there's a lot of weird stuff in that book. <laughs> I know. I'm so bad about reading it because I'm just like, oh, it's so weird. <laughs> it, 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 it is, but it's amazing what the Lord's been showing me because I, I also go through uh, the prophets. And so I, I'm reading in three prophets right now. And when you see the parallels between the book of Revelation and the prophets, and I think that's why the Lord just wants me in there. So I can start to make those connections that are otherwise hard to see unless the unless you have that repetitive. And you're like, wait a minute, that that's from Zechariah chapter nine. Oh my gosh, it's the exact same thing. And you begin to see those correlations, Joel and Zechariah and Obadiah and all of these, and you see them in the book of Revelation. And then all of a sudden the book of Revelation comes alive in a way that only that repetitive reading can actually bring about because you can study it. But until you start to connect those dots for yourself, it's like, oh, it it takes on a whole new life. It's like, um, you know, like they say, you can't read the Bible, um, you know, a standalone, you have to read it as one big story. And that's true. And I, you know, one of my big things lately has been, how did I not learn so much growing up in church? Like I grew up in church. I went on mission trips as a teenager. Uh, you know, I was known as like in middle school, like the girl who like invited people to church and like evangelized and stuff, but it wasn't until like far into adulthood that I started to realize how much I didn't know. Like, it's like, I'm just now putting, I mean, of course I knew about old Testament prophecy, but I never like put it together. Like I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But now it's like, I'm like, oh my gosh, the old Testament is amazing. Like I read uh, through the Bible in a year in 2020. And that was like really eye opening thing for me. And now I've just been kind of reading like kind of similar to you in different books and things. Um, but that's one of the things that I'm really instilling into my kids, um, because I am like, there's so much that I didn't get. Um, and thankfully I have, you know, gone into adulthood with my faith intact and strong, but there's so many people that I believe the reason that they're lost is because they were missing some of those basics. And so the very first time they get these questions or skepticism from the outside world, they're like, yeah, I don't have the answer to that. Oh my gosh, my whole faith is a lie, you know? And I'm like, my kids are not going to have that because I'm like talking, I'll talk to my son and be like, Jacob, how do we know that this happened? Well, because in the old Testament, you know, Jeremiah prophesied this and then here it happened thousands of years later, you know, I'm like, he's going to know this. So when someone tries to throw something in his face, he'll be like, well, that's not true. Obviously. Like I learned that when I was six. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, And so that I'm sort of on a mission right now for parents to not only like obviously insult in their kids, but like learn it for themselves. Like I have learned so much in my efforts to start um, educating my kids. So and, and I applaud that. And you're right on because, you know, one of the things that's interesting, Erica, is you and I can have this conversation with a hundred Christians. Do you believe the Bible? Yes. Do you believe the Bible is the absolute sovereign word of God? Yes. And then somebody comes to them and says, but we evolved from apes. <gasps> well, 
here's, here's what the Bible says, that God made them each according to their kind. So here's the thing. I can stand on the truth of God's word. And that means I need to stand on it in the face of the fake science. And I'll, and I'll explain what I mean by that in just a second. In the face of what culture tells me is acceptable and not acceptable. In the face of all of these oppositions, in the face of the Goliaths shouting at us, we can stand on the truth of God's word. And what's amazing is I'm going through a, a, ser- a season in my life right now where I'm studying apologetics like there's no tomorrow. So I'm reading Frank Turk's book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel, which yeah. I've read before, but I'm reading it again. Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. I'm, I've got, I bought the entire library of Charlie Campbell's teachings and his books, The Archaeology. Right now on this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important and um, unbelievable, which is another great podcast and book that talks about these things. And what's amazing is you study the science and you study these things. The more that we learn about science, the more that it points to God. And, and then you have this, you have this materialistic worldview that is, that is trying, you know, because they're, they've staked their eternity on it, right? They've put their faith on it. That's trying so hard to discredit God. But the more that we discover about physics and the more that we discover about, you know, all of the miracles that exist on this planet, there's only one explanation for all of this. And it's what the Bible says. And so what we should do as Christians is not just educate ourselves, about what what the world teaches, but be confident that we can stand on the word of God and don't have to back down from it. And for so long, I think we've gaslit, Christians have been gaslit that we started to intimidate. Okay, maybe we did evolve from apes. What? Like, have you ever seen the quote unquote fossil evidence for this? Like literally I was laughing, Erica, because I pulled up the Smithsonian for like one of the supposed species that is like the in-between ape human. Yeah. And it's like a, a piece of a jawbone. Like here's part of a forehead yeah. and there's like a few fragments of skulls. And I'm like, okay, wait, 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 let me get this straight. You're basing your entire eternity on a couple fragments of some bones that you found. Yeah. And I, you're telling me I'm crazy. Well, that's one of those things I have never really looked deeply into because I'm just one of those people that's like, yeah, I don't care. You know what I mean? I'm kind of like, I believe God created us. And so whatever the details are, you know, but, but I was just talking about that. I was like, you know, they've never actually like found that connecting species. Like that doesn't, that's not a thing. And so you can't say anything like that for certain. And so, no, you're totally right on that. And then, um, I think it's just like that there are so many answers to people don't realize how many answers to questions there are related to science and related to, you know, the faith itself. Um, there's so much, as you know, I'm sure there's all so much historical evidence. I mean, what I've learned in the past couple of years, just about how the Bible is, you know, the most like well-documented, well-sourced, like every, no other document in history compares to the accuracy and just the veracity of the Bible in, in the way that like historians document old documents, basically. I mean, like we believe so many things from history, but people, when it comes to the Bible, like won't believe it, even though they would believe basically anything else with way less historical documentation. Um, And I'm, you know, I'm sure I could articulate that a little better, but some of those books that you mentioned, um, I know talk about some of that stuff. And I just think it's fascinating. Like, I just want to tell everyone, I'm like, but don't you know, because I didn't know this stuff when I was younger. And I think it's crazy that that wasn't drilled into my head. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, you know, the problem is, is that if we dare, if we were to have this conversation in a public 
platform, right? Like if you and I were sitting on a stage in the middle of downtown New York and we were to say <clears throat> humans didn't evolve from apes, the earth has a, a, a point in time. The universe had a beginning, an inception. There was a worldwide flood that changed the, the structure of everything on this planet. So carbon dating doesn't work. <laughs> you know, we're not millions of years old. If, if there were millions of years of evolution, why aren't there millions of fossil records that verify this? I mean, every time you add a million years, you should be adding several billion fossils to that, right? <laughs> like where, where's all the math doesn't add up. We would be, people would look at us and they would call us delusional, stupid, crazy, because this is how the enemy works, right? He, he is, he, he's gaslighting. I mean, this is, this is something that we need to remember. Jesus said this, when the enemy lies, he speaks his native language because he is the father of lies. And so it's so easy for Christians to shrink back and think, well, okay, maybe I, maybe I don't need to, I, I don't want to take on these conversations, but guess what? Your kids are going to school if they're in the public schools and they're being taught this when, they, as soon as they walk into a university, they're being taught this. You, you have this conversation. I was sharing the gospel with somebody the other day. And I said, there is no fossil records. There's no fossil evidence that shows that one species evolves into another. There's evolution within a species, but there's no evolution from one species to another. And this person was like, that's, that's not true. And I'm like, go do the research yourself and you'll find what the actual educated people find, which is that everything that there's so many gaps that they just make pretty coloring charts to fill in the gaps. <laughs> You're literally believing a coloring chart. <laughs> and like, but they, but, but you're considered crazy because you have, you know, Dawkins, the God delusion, you know, you have these outspoken atheists, Sam Harris, you know, it's Sam Harris, who's a neuroscientist, you know, Oh no, it's just your brain creating these neurological Im images. And I'm like, you tell me I'm crazy. <laughs> Like the irony is, is not lost on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. There's just, there's, there's so much that people don't know, which I, that kind of just goes back to the beginning of our conversations. Like why we're on TikTok, we're talking about things that need to be talked about and said and informing people. Um, because I just keep saying, if I didn't know this stuff, there's a lot of people that don't know this stuff. And now that I know it, it seems crazy that I didn't know it. But that just means that a lot of people are in the, the shoes that I was in like five years ago. So I think that's awesome. Um, one, I was going to also ask you like how you decide what you're going to talk about. Um, you know, when you do a video, is it, is it random? Do you have a plan? What do you do? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, again, I, my TikTok channel, I started because I really felt like the Lord wants Christians on there. He needs light. He needs truth. He needs people out there not willing to open the Bible and say, this is what the Bible says. And so. I, I really just pray about it. And when I really feel like the Lord has shown me something or he has something he wants me to say, I say it every once in a while I've gotten clever and I'm like, Oh, I, this is smart. I'm going to put it up. And the Holy spirit says to me, um, that wasn't mine. And I, and I go back uh, and I listen to it. I'm like, yeah, that was definitely not you. Take it so down. <laughs> I, I totally know what you mean on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I really just let the Lord lead me. I, I don't, I don't try to follow a cadence. I don't try to follow a plan. I, you know, it's, it's God's TikTok channel and I'm just the, the, the girl from South Carolina he's using to, to, to administer it. And so I just pray about it. And it, I, there've been times when I've gotten clever and the Lord's come back behind me and said, kid, that wasn't for me. Take it down. This mm -hmm. isn't your TikTok channel. It's mine. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I do. So, so you feel like, like maybe one of, one of those videos it like is like a piece of advice or something, or I don't know, like, can you give an example of what one of those was? Yeah. So <clears throat> usually they're reactionary. Yeah. Um, 
Right. You know, when somebody, when, when, when that guy took that video of me and he butched it up and yeah. I got on, I was like, the Bible says, do not cast your pearl before swine. Yeah. So I will not debate you. And you, I blocked you and you know who you are. And the Holy oh, Spirit's okay. like, do I talk to people that way? No. Okay. Take it down. Yeah, no, that's, that's the, yeah, the reactionary <laughs> thing is hard. Like I am not a person that would ever be like mean. Cause that's just not my style, but like, it's, it's, it's hard not to be like borderline sarcastic or, you know, just kind of like, you know, like a dry, dry humor. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard to, but it doesn't feel like it's coming from a, from, from a good place. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and another one I find I have to keep myself in check is how I deal with false teachings on the platform. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself like, stitching somebody's and I'm like, this person's a heretic. And the Lord's like, that's not how we deal with heretics, Dan. <laughs> and so, oh yeah. Have you seen that one guy? Um, I think his name is Brandon Arnold, Reverend Brandon Arnold. <laughs> he, he calls himself an agnostic Christian. I don't know, but like, it, it's so hard to watch this. I mean, he has a huge following. Yes, I know. Um, I know who you're so talking about. Yeah. Because you, you're so, you feel defensive of God in the Bible. You're like, what are you doing? Like you're taking scripture and twisting it. Like, like this is wrong. And he's talking about it, like, as if it's fact. Um, and so stuff like that, I mean, I would never even touch like responding to his stuff, yeah, yeah. but cause he will like respond right back. Um, but it is really difficult when you see that. And then you look at the comments, people are like, yes. Yeah. So like, you're totally, you get me. And you're like, no, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, But I guess that just goes to show you like why voices like yours and mine are needed. Um, because I mean, there are so many rabbit holes to go down on TikTok. I mean, some of them are probably horrible. I can't imagine what some spaces are like on there. Um, but anyways, all that to say, you you probably get that. (laughs) And yeah, but it's important and it's important that we, we, we deal with it. Right. You know, because when, when that, when that, Mormon homosexual who has, by the way, a huge following. And because he's a scholar, you know, people really look to him and, and they, they comment, they tag him in my videos all the time to correct me. And you know, oh, I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I did block him. And by the way, there's a place for blocking and it's okay. Because I here's, agree. I agree. Yeah, I look at it like I'm protecting the, the young believers that, that can't decipher and discern. And so for me, I'd rather block somebody and tick off, you know, them and their cronies than have a discussion that could cause a young immature believer to stumble because they don't understand the nuances in what's happening. Because always, you know, again, what did Satan do? He took scripture and he twisted it when he was tempting Jesus in the desert. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's how Satan works. And so, you know, what, what was interesting about it, Erica, is as I, refused to respond. The the comments were, oh, so he is right. You're not, because you're not responding, he's right. If you were right, if then you would refute this and on and on. But you know what? What the Lord showed me is that's exactly how the enemy treated Jesus on the cross. If you are the son of God, then come off the cross. There's this taunting to right. bring your conversation down to them. And so it's really important as Christians that we don't do that. You don't, you don't, don't argue with demons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just motto it's just, for life. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Don't with you. I'm going to tattoo that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the Lord just kept saying, "Don't don't worry about that. Stand in truth." And all Jesus did to Satan was he quoted three scriptures. He didn't argue with him. He didn't correct his misuse of the scripture. He just said, "Man shall not live by bread alone. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Worship the Lord your God only." Boom, done. And that's that's how we have to remember is we've got to let God 
the Holy Spirit, what does the Bible say? It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict the world of, of sin. We've got to let God be God and just continue to stand in the truth. And when the, when the demons start taunting you, well, if you are the synagogue prophesying, tell us which one of us is hitting you. Don't lower yourself to their conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I definitely, I was blocking people left and right that were being mean and rude. I was like, look, you can leave a, a comment that's disagreeing, but in a respectful way. But if you're basically calling me stupid and just being rude, I don't, I don't want you coming back. So bye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing wrong with that at all. Um, yeah. Okay. Tiana. Well, let's the end of the, we're coming to the end here. Um, I would love to hear um, some of the things that you're reading lately or books that you could recommend podcasts that you're loving and anything else you want to tell us about what you're doing and where we can find you. Yeah. Thank you, Erica. So I'm currently reading, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist by Frank Turk. 100% recommend that book. If you've never read the pursuit of God by AW Tozer, read that book. And it's one of those books that I've read multiple times. And I will continue to read multiple times because AW Tozer understands God at such a profound level. And that book is so beautiful. He teaches in that book that faith is the gaze of the soul continually at the Lord. And when you really understand what that means, that constantly keeping your eyes on Jesus, nothing can shake your faith. And he also points out in that when, when you have a hundred believers who all have their eyes on Jesus, because we're all attuned to the same tuning fork, we're all going to be unified. And that the way that we become unified as the body of Christ is not to become unity conscious, but to become Jesus conscious. And that's how we become unified is by all of us having our eyes on Jesus. Then we're all going to be unified in that. That makes so much sense. Oh my gosh. That's like a word for everyone in all of America right now. <laughs> yeah. It's so great. And that's, that's A.W. Tozer, Pursuit of God. I mean, he's just, he was a man filled with God's Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's a classic. And podcasts, Frank Turek's I don't have enough faith to be an atheist is great. Unbelievable is great. It's, it's this dialogue between atheists and Christians and you get to kind of see these complex issues and they're, they're, they're very complex issues. I, I love me some Jack Hibbs. <laughs> and so I do listen to the Jack Hibbs I podcast. I don't know who that is. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. So Jack Hibbs is the pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. Okay. And he, what, what I love about pastor Jack Hibbs is he teaches verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the Bible, but he's also, he's also paying attention to current events and he's not afraid to talk about things that we need. I mean, he's the first one who was like, cancel your Disney plus they're trying to sexualize your children. And, yeah, you know, yeah. the, you know, and so he's not afraid to take bold stands on things. And so I love that. And Charlie Kirk, I, I think Charlie Kirk is one of the, one of the, one of the gifts to the American church. God has given us a man who's been anointed by him. He loves God. He's filled with God's Holy spirit. He knows God's word and he's on the battle lines. He's in the front lines in these colleges and universities, teaching these kids, the truth about about history, about science and about God. And he also just understands what's happening in our cult in our culture at a fundamental level. And he's breaking down things like what's happening with the world economic forum, which is something that again, as Christians, we don't have to worry, but what we do have to do is be prayerful. You know, we need to know about what's going on so we can be the Nehemiahs of our day. So we can be the Daniels of our day. So we can be the ones before the throne saying, God, there's a guy over there who wants to reset the entire world and implant chips into human beings and reprogram them and run the world. This kind of sounds like the antichrist. I'm not saying he's the antichrist, but you know, like this is the language that's been used by, you know, as John tells us, the spirit of the antichrist has always been in the world. Um, so just in case you wanted to take note, 
can you do something, please? (laughs) (laughs) Like what it's scary to think about for sure. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. But, but as our, as Christians, you know, we're on a mission here. And so we've got to be aware of these things so we can be bringing them before the throne. So we can be equipping our children to know how to deal with these things. So we can be prepared how to deal with these things. God's got it. Right. But he said to Joshua and Caleb, what did he say to Joshua? Be courageous and, and bold. Go do it. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you take over the, the, the promised land. I, you're not going to fail because I'm with you, but you're going to have to hold a sword and you're going to have to go out there and you're going to have to confront the battle, but I'm with you. And that's how, that's exactly what Paul says in Ephesians. He says, the Lord is near. Therefore in the strength of the Lord, put on the full armor of God, right? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, where can people find you if they want to follow you and all of that? So my, my TikTok is Tiana showy. I, again, if I'm being a good TikToker, I'm getting you off of TikTok. So <laughs> you but, can- <laughs> but if people are interested in just seeing some of your stuff <laughs> yeah. and then my podcast is called made to conquer and my website is made to conquer podcast.com. And you know, my, my whole goal, my whole goal in my podcast is just to to inspire people. I, I believe the gift that God has given me is the gift of encouragement. I just want to inspire you to be on fire for God, to be that radical Christian and to not accept anything less than what God has designed for us as Christians. I mean, he, in the seven letters to the churches and, you know, in the book of revelation to the church in Ephesus, they had no love, right? May we not be those that have forsaken our first love. May we not be have the reputation of being alive, but being, but we're dead. May we not be the church of Laodicea where we're lukewarm. You know, may, may we be like the church of Smyrna in Philadelphia where, you know, just endure. I have nothing. I hold nothing against you. Just keep doing what you're doing. And may we not be like Thyatira where we're compromised, where we have compromises in our faith. And so to me, it's just like, let's be the church of Philadelphia. Let's be the church of Smyrna. You know, let's be, let's be the bride of Christ. Let's be the light of the world, the salt of the world and, and normalize our Bible being the thing that we live and stand upon and normalize our identity being in Jesus Christ and normalize bowing our knee to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords from moment to moment. And just, and just radical Christianity. I mean, the apostle Paul set an example for us. He's not the guy that really go great for Paul. He said, do what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Tiana. It was so great to talk with you. Um, You have your personality transfers perfectly from your videos so it was i knew that we'd have a great time talking thank you so much stay on with me for just a second and um and we hope that you'll maybe come back in the future oh thank you thank you erica so much for having me it was great chatting with you it's so wonderful to meet another sister that's in love with jesus (laughs) this episode was brought to you in part by just these guys you know A pastor and a psychologist team up to break down scripture and psychology, empowering you to transform by the renewing of your mind. Listen today at justtheseguys.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Just these guys, you know?